Nation. You're now listening to the most opinionated, the most exciting, the most son of a Schmidt. You guys actually do something useful here, right? Like, is anything you do even beneficial to someone? Whatever. Now to the show that literally has tens, that's right, tens of followers. The show that brings the Ozone Radio Network to levels of mediocrity that only Michigan fans would know. This is the Sons of Schmidt, starring Mike Meals and Brandon Zimmerman on the Ozone Radio Network. Buckeye Nation to the Sons of Schmidt podcast. This is your host, Mike Meals, welcoming you into Season 3, Episode 19 of the Sons of Schmidt podcast here on the Ozone Radio Network. Uh, obviously, we're recording a day later than we normally would do due to the Rose Bowl yesterday. Uh, Ohio State, of course, is victorious. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and just go into a little bit of breakdown. But before I can get too deep into it, I got to introduce my co-host, uh, Brandon Zimmerman. What is going on, Brandon? How you doing, buddy? What's up, Mike? Doing good out here in frigid Colorado. Not quite as nice as it was in Pasadena, I take it there? No, it's uh, – oh, uh, I sent you that text with the picture over the weekend, like with the winds. It was – the feels like was negative 20 here on Monday night. And then Tuesday, it was, it was pretty brutal. I cannot move to Hawaii quick enough. I uh, cannot tell you how jealous I am that you're not, um, you know, staying because that's the greatest weather ever. And more people should want to, Oh wait, no, that cold sucks. <laughs> and of course my dumb ass had to go outside because I wanted to feel like, what or I wanted to feel what negative 20 felt like so that that was a good move dumbass <laughs> I'm the worst dude it's like 46 degrees here right now and I am literally freezing when I go downstairs outside whatever so to well, hell with that. like I was telling you um today it's been in 30s and 40s and like that was like a heat wave like I went out and went for a run um after work and it was awesome. It felt amazing. <laughs> well, you know, the good news, though, is the season, as sad as it is, the season has officially ended. Ohio State finishes 13-1. and Big Ten East champs, Big Ten champs, Rose Bowl champs. Um, probably going to rank somewhere in the, you know, four to or three to five range. Uh, I don't know if they're going to put us ahead of Notre Dame or Oklahoma or anything, but, uh, you know, so far it's been a pretty damn good season. Um, Before we break anything down, though, I got to ask you, because it's a big change, I know. What are you drinking tonight, buddy? (laughs) Man, tonight is a big change. Like, we are dry in this house right now. Uh, So all I had was some red wine upstairs. So I'm drinking some red wine to get that post-work jitters out (laughs) see we got to do something about that because you know i I sent you the picture the the message uh when was that was it last week when uh, uh, christmas stuff i was jealous man no not not that where we had the um 
Oh, good Lord, I can't find it now that I'm thinking about it. We had somebody that sent us a uh, message that said that they were going to send us some uh, moonshine oh, because we couldn't run out. Yeah. Um, uh, now I'm going to kick myself because I can't remember the guy's name, and I'm looking for it on my phone as I'm talking to you. But I'm trying to, you know, we, we could have possibly had you taken care of had we known. So, you know, I'm a little disappointed there, buddy. <laughs> That's okay. It was Duncan. Duncan, Duncan Oliver. There we go. There we go. Thanks again for that, Duncan. But yeah, I see, Brandon, you could have been using that, man. I know. It's just <laughs> I'm the worst. What do I keep on telling you? I know. It's all right. Worst at everything I do. I uh I had to change it up though because the season has ended. I am enjoying a ice cold shine in a bottle. Yes. The Shiner S'more Chocolate and Marshmallow Ale, once again, because this stuff is so tasty. So, uh, you know, Brandon, the first things first, this is going to be a little bit of a different show with the season wrapping up. Uh, we've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about here, both about the Rose Bowl. Look forward a little bit to the off season and moving into 2019 with uh, the Ryan Day-led Buckeyes. But... Um, First thing I have to know for you or know from you here is what was your initial thought and takeaway from the Rose Bowl and what stood out to you and, uh, you know, just uh, what's on your mind after the game yesterday? You know, it, it was rough yesterday for me. I mean, I don't know if it was because, like, I knew it was Urban's last game and Dwayne Haskins and that Zone 6 crew. It just, you know, it was just a different kind of feeling for me um, all day. Usually I'm looking forward to Ohio State games and, you know, kind of looking forward to it like days um, in advance. And this, for some reason, it just wasn't that way. I don't know if I'm bitter towards the playoff committee. I don't know if I'm, you know, sad that Meyer's leaving or what it was. It just was a different thing. So I had fun watching it. It wasn't quite the blowout that I thought it would be because Ohio State called off the dogs and you know I sent that text at um, halftime where I was like you know like this is the point that we usually see um, Urban Meyer you know call things off and I hope he doesn't and everyone was like oh no he won't this is his final game but whenever he's facing a friend you know it's just going to end like that so they went into cruise control mode I think they were really trying to protect Mike Weber and Dwayne Haskins and all those zone six guys in the second half and simply just trying to get the game um, over with. I mean, that's really what it seemed like to me. There was no thought going into any of the play calling. It was just kind of like run these plays. Let's just run some clock and get it done. So I uh, would have loved to see them just go out there and put up a lot of points. And uh, But, you know, that's just not how it is most of the time. Yeah, it was a little disheartening and upsetting. It would have been nice to see, uh, you know, Haskins get his 5,000 yards and Weber, Weber pick up. his 1,000, you know. Like, yeah. that's the one I thought was going to happen, the way Mike Weber was running the ball. And they just kind of quit giving him the ball in the second half. Like I said, I think they're just trying to protect him. It's unfortunate, but I think you're right. I mean, it was a nice thing to see because, you know, Weber – finally looked healthy again he looked like freshman Weber and you know I, I've been saying it on this show for three years now it was it was a nice change to see him because I've been such a big Weber fan uh, to see him back healthy and looking good and 
you know, hopefully that's what he carries on when he moves on to the NFL. So uh, I, I was pretty happy seeing him, you know, run like he did. This is the Ozone Radio Network, a Hayes and Cannon production. For the latest episodes of all your favorite podcasts covering Buckeye Nation, look for the Ozone Radio Network on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Speaker. You can also find the latest episodes by clicking on the Hayes and Cannon tab at theozone.net. Once again, here are the Sons of Schmidt. What about the overall play of the team? What was your thoughts on the way the Buckeyes played the Rose Bowl? I thought the defense played good. I mean, this is – I think you saw a lot of growth um, over these last couple games with the uh, defense. I, I think they're kind of cutting down on giving up the too many big plays, and they kind of are figuring out what they need to do. Um, I mean, it, a lot of us – forget this year how young that defense is and I mean it was a lot of sophomores a few freshmen and like Draymond Jones sprinkled in there guys like that where you got some junior and senior but um, I want to say I forget like I looked before but I want to say it was something like eight of their starters or like sophomores or some crap like that so um, they've got a young team and uh, it was good to see them make some growth it'll be interesting to see defensively how how they play out next year um who's gonna be coaching the uh, defense i for one really hope that shiano comes back i know he has been the punching bag this year and a lot of people got upset last night when, when i tweeted that but um i think greg shiano is a really good defensive coach um i think he needs a little help from some of his positional guys like bill davis um i hope there's some player personnel changes going into next year with the starters. Um, I know like we try to pretend like tough Borland's just been hurt all year, but I just, I truly don't think he's that good mm-hmm. of a middle linebacker for the defense that Ohio state runs. I feel like he's just not quick enough to cover the ground that he needs to. Um, like there was that one play last night where it was like the perfect um, example where like tough Borland read it. It was like a sweep to the um, outside tough Borland read it perfectly. And the running back just ran away from him. I mean, like it just wasn't even close. And um, Pete Werner, like I said, I'm not a fan of him um, either. That guy just, I've said it numerous times here. Like that guy plays like he is a 150 pound punter, you know, like he just, (laughs) he doesn't fight through blocks. He can't, you know, like he just, he, he looks fast. He looks like he's one of those athletes. But I mean, I feel like he's more of a safety than he is a linebacker. You know, he's just, I don't think he's big enough to play linebacker um, to cover the amount of space that, Ohio State needs him to I mean, especially I mean he's playing the role that what Chris Worley played and Chris Worley was you know like that fringe middle linebacker type of guy and uh, and we've joked about it I mean they can list uh him at you know six was it six three or six four two twenty or two thirty all they want and I'm telling you right now like there's no way that dude is more than like six one two oh five so um <laughs> 
I, I really think the linebacker crew needs to be fixed going into next year, and that's going to be the big key. I think the defensive line is going to be dominant, um, oh, yeah. and they look dominant against Washington. Um, and then the secondary with those young guys, I thought uh, Jeff Okuda, I think you were the one that brought that up too. Like he looked really good. Sean Wade looked really good. I'm really hoping those two are on the um, outside next year. I hope Jordan Fuller comes back. He played another great game. And Brendan White played an amazing game. Like, if as good as he four, played, was that? I was going to say, if those four are your starting four defensive backs next year, watch out. Yep. I mean, they all played great. And I thought Brendan White played his best game last night. Yep. Even better than that first start where he kind of burst onto the scene and had, what, like 12 or 13 tackles or something. Uh, I thought he played great last night. He – uh, run coverage, um, all that stuff. I thought Brennan White looked um, amazing, and that's just going to give him confidence going into next year. Um, so defensively, I thought they played great against Washington. Offensively, first half, you really can't complain about it too much. First drive was very vanilla. Um, Urban very was all over it. of the, the way the Buckeyes have been this year. Yeah. You know, was, you, they get a penalty, they get behind the sticks, they were screwed. So Yeah, yeah. I wanted to kick Isaiah Prince straight in the junk last night uh, <laughs> for all of his false starts. Um, I just don't know what's up with that dude. Um, so, offensively, I thought they looked good first half, second half. It was just kind of whatever. They were just going through the emotions there. White Davis played a great game. I can't wait to watch him next year. I think – He's a future um, All-American uh, there on the um, offensive line. Um, so offensively, I mean, it's they did good when they wanted to. And mm -hmm. I feel like they really could have put up a lot of points yesterday if they wanted to. And I just feel like the coaching staff didn't really want to that second half. They were more concerned with their players, you know, making it into the NFL combine healthy. And you can't blame them for that. They had a comfortable lead in a meaningless game that even if they won by 70 points, you know, like it's not going to be like the playoff um, committee magically throws them in against Alabama or something. So uh, it was frustrating as a fan, but as, you know, like sitting back thinking about the coaches, you can't blame them for what they did yesterday. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the, the next question I wanted to ask you is when, when you look at it now, we, we've seen all the New Year's Day games. We've seen the first two uh, games of the playoffs. As in, try to look at this with non-Ohio State glasses on. Should Ohio State have been in the playoff four? I think they should have. I mean, I tried to fight it. Like, everyone's talking about Oklahoma, but – I mean, in my opinion, the whole time, I felt like Notre Dame should yep. have never been in. And I felt like they should have been the one on the outside looking in or the one that was fighting to um, get in. Um, Oklahoma, they are what they are. I mean, I had no problem with them making the uh, playoffs. They've got, a, they've got the type of offense that they could stay in any game almost um, going into the uh, playoffs. Um, but I really thought Notre Dame was the one where they should have been the ones fighting for their playoff lives, and they kind of just were fine the whole time. So, and they came out and just played like crap, which I, I mean, I think like literally everybody except for the playoff um, committee knew that is what was going to um, happen. I mean, there's 
I don't think I saw anyone outside of Notre Dame fans think that Notre Dame had a chance to even keep that close. So um, I think I, I still, I know I had that rant about it a little bit ago, but I, I still think that Ohio State should have made it. They proved time and time again that they could play good teams in tough um, environments and win, whereas no one else could do that. Um, everyone focuses on the wrong things, and it's it's frustrating that because Ohio State, after playing eight straight weeks and going into a night game against a crap team, you know, just laid a uh, goose egg. But you know, they play all these top twenty-five, top fifteen teams and win but they aren't a good team because they lost to a crappy team that no one thinks Purdue is better than the Buckeyes. They just whooped the crap out of them that night. Whereas a team like Georgia beats up on all those uh, Purdue type teams, but then anytime they face a good team, they lose. So like which one is truly a top team, one that beats all the top teams that they face or one that loses to all the top teams that they face. So but we're so focused on worst losses instead of best, best wins. wins. And that's just the world that we're in now. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty uh, – it was pretty evident, especially after yesterday's games, that Georgia should not be there. I mean, I can't believe Texas beat Georgia, but that shouldn't have happened. But it's because uh, Georgia didn't want to be there. That was just a consolation game for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> But then, you know, on the same token, you know, like you said, and I I 100% agreeance with you, and we talked about this earlier, Notre Dame was the one that should have been on the outside looking in. Um, I believe it was – I think it was you that said it. I don't know if you said it on here or on Twitter, but, you know, it's kind of funny that Notre Dame we consider to be great and they deserve a shot in the top four. They're not a power five team, and yet we're supposed to expect uh, UCF to – yeah, uh, they're bad because they're not either or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, like, like, wait a minute. That is what I don't get about it all is like if you're going to punish UCF for not being part of a power five conference, why does Notre Dame get a free pass? At least UCF has been good for the past, you know, four or five years minus that one. Oh, in 12 season. I mean, they won the Fiesta Bowl. What? Just like in 2015, they've gone undefeated the past um, couple of years. Uh, so, like, I just don't get why Notre Dame gets a free pass because they used to be good. And I don't get why Georgia gets a free pass while we are at it. I mean, it's just when did Georgia suddenly become this dominant team that can't be left out of the playoffs? I mean, like they are a team that, you know, just, I mean, I posted um, today, like over the past five years, they've lost what, 16 games. Like last year was the first year that Georgia has been truly good since what, like the mid 2000s? And now, because they're good last year, they're suddenly this powerhouse that everyone's supposed to be um, afraid of? Like, no, they aren't. They are just another average team. They're just this year's um, A&M or, you know, it's just, I don't get it. And like <laughs> I said, it's, it's, be, it's because of Bama. I mean, it's all because of Bama. Bama has given the whole conference credibility when there is no really credibility there for them. No, none whatsoever. So, uh, you know, obviously, probably the best moment of bowl season in our mind as Ohio State fans is obviously Ohio State winning, Ohio State sending all these guys out with a Rose Bowl, including Urban Meyer, um, seeing 
Urban Meyer take to the guy, the the team, and tell them, you know, hey, you know, Buckeye Nation still has your back. You know, they they still have loved you guys for everything. And then he passed the, literally passed the whistle and passed the baton to Ryan Day, and you see Ryan Day step up and and ready to take over. So sending those guys out with the win and seeing the the changing of the the guard there was great. But outside of that. What was your favorite moment from bowl season this year? Oh, man. Um, because it's real easy. The actual best answer is Bevo, Bevo going after Uga. That one so, was pretty awesome. So that's pretty Marshall. awesome. But um, Outside of Bevo uh, trucking everyone <laughs> on the sidelines. Would you, who in the hell ever thought that was a good idea, by the way? I, mean, I don't seriously. know. Well, it um, <laughs> reminded me another tweet that I did yesterday. Like, I don't know if you watched the uh, Citrus Bowl, uh, Penn State and uh, Kentucky, but they had so many freaking people on the sidelines. Like, it was crazy how close they were. In any play out of bounds, people were getting annihilated <laughs> by these players. Like, I get it. Bowl games are just out there to make money. Like, they do not give a shit about anything else. But, like, at some point, you have to worry about player safety, you know, fan safety. Um, and, like, I mean, there, there were a few times where, like, some, like, older type ladies just got trucked Ran by these over, 19, 20-year-old yeah. football players wearing pads. And you just got to think something has changed. But as far as best moment for me, I mean, I'm going to go with Michigan getting their ass kicked by a very average SEC Florida team. I love a not very good Florida team. Uh, Yeah, like I love that. I I love slowly seeing Michigan fans realize that Harbaugh it might not be that good of a coach, and that Shea Patterson may not be as good of a quarterback as they thought he was. Well, and that's just it. Like I'm going to go on something here that that's going to be kind of odd because I don't want to talk positively about them, but Michigan has a decent coach. They have a good team. They have a good defense, right? Like, they should be a relatively good and competitive team. But just because you have Harbaugh there and you go and get an SEC quarterback does not mean that you are a top four team. And and you're exactly right. Like it's been hilarious to see them realize that maybe this isn't the upper echelon team that we thought they were. You yeah. know, we we've talked about it a couple of times. You know, there there are a handful of teams in the country that have the right to expect to compete for a national title every year over the last ten years, right? Um, Florida state was there for a while and then they, they fell off. Obviously Clemson definitely deserves to be in that contention. Alabama obviously deserves to be in that contention where they, they come into the season expecting to play for a national title, Ohio state, not just because we're fans, but because of the last seven years, they deserve that. Right. There's not a whole lot of other teams that have earned that right. And Michigan sure as hell is not one of them, but no. they do not understand that at all. Well, and it's so obvious what they need to do too. I mean, like Washington or uh, sorry, uh, Michigan will not become a dominant 
threat to end college football until they get rid of that archaic um, offense that they run. Mm-hmm. They need to embrace the uh, spread. They've got the guys for it. I mean, you got uh, Peoples Jones, you've got Black, you've got Shea Patterson. Like, they've got guys that would fit a more of a spread scheme or a college football type of um, um, offense that with their defense, especially their defense the past two years, if they had any decent offense where defenses just didn't have to load, you know, 10 people into the box and stop, you know, a fullback run on, you know, third and five, um, they would be a good team. But he refuses to change and and Ohio State and every big time team is going to continue beating Michigan. Yep. until they make that change. Well, and it's not even that you have to have like a full-blown spread. Just you can embrace it a little. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't go into college football now running two tights, two running backs and a wide receiver. No. You know, you you have to have a a slot guy. You have to have a running back that can do it without a fullback. It's great if you have a fullback and you can use him, but that should not be your primary offense. And you're exactly right. Until they realize that and open it up a little bit, they're going to be second or third tier in the uh, in the Big Ten for a well, while. Well, like all the people they're lo- they're losing on the defense this year. I mean, I I kind of feel like their their shot may have passed. Well, it, it, it's funny. I was just getting ready to say their best shot to beat Ohio State out of the last seven years was this year and last year, and they came yeah. up short. And Ohio State is, even with a new coach next year, will be reloaded and they will be running wild by the time that game comes around. And look, you can't put anything past the game. I get it. I will never guarantee anything like that. But you really have to look at it now, this early, before even the NFL draft, and say that Ohio State is easily favored to beat Michigan next year. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I mean, the only thing playing against the Buckeyes is having Penn State the week prior. Yeah. That's the only thing. I think even with all those zone six guys, as much as they are so likable and they've been such a good part of this team, I think the wide receiver crew next year is going to be better. They're going to be more athletic with Austin Mack and um, Olive and Wilson and Ben Victor. And I think they're in uh, McCall, McCall. Yep. out there at um, H-back. And, I mean – I think they've got a potential to be really good with whoever is playing quarterback, whether it's Haskins or Tate Martell or Josh Fields or Matthew Baldwin. I think the offense may struggle early on to kind of figure out things because they're going to have so many new starters at the key spots. Um, But I still think they'll be able to rely on a fairly experienced um, offensive line, especially if Michael Jordan comes back and J.K. Dobbins, and they will be able to ride them early and I think that defense, like we were saying, the defense is going to carry that team next year until the offense figures things out. Well, and, and the thing to keep in mind, I know we've talked about it a little bit like online, but the passing game coordinator that they just hired away from Oklahoma State. Yeah, Yursich. Yeah, look at what he's done with the talent at Oklahoma State and look at what he can potentially do with the talent at Ohio State now. Because, I mean, that is, that, that is going from a high school team like North Shore. <laughs> Never <laughs> heard of that one in. 
But, I mean, seriously, the, the, the level of talent that he will have at his disposal with the creativity that they were able to do at Oklahoma State over the last couple of years, that, that has me excited for 2019 already. Yeah. And it well, doesn't matter who plays quarterback. And I think Kevin Wilson's going to be allowed to use more of his uh, creativity too. I think he was reined in quite a bit by um, Urban Meyer and wanting to run his yeah. offense. And I think Kevin Wilson and Yursich, along with Ryan Day, are going to create a badass offense next year. And that's the thing. Most Buckeye fans are they, they they tend to be a little down on Wilson. And it really, if you look at it, look at what he did at Indiana. It's Indiana. And he had them going to bowl games. And they had, you know, 3,500 yard passers and multiple and, thousand yard rushers like yeah. on the same team. It's, and 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 you don't have to be a college football historian to look back at what he did like at Oklahoma with Sam Bradford. Yeah, that was an explosive offense. You put that together with the guy that was running the Oklahoma State offense. You guys, I I, I know we've made the joke this year multiple times that Ohio State felt like a Big Twelve team because the defense was non-existent for a while. But what is it about the Big Twelve that makes them a, a a competitive conference? They know how to run a damn offense. And here you're going to have two of the better coordinators to come out of the Big 12 out of, out of the last couple of years running the talent that you get at Ohio State. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Absolutely. But with that being said, I mean, I know it's way too early. We still got guys that can be, you know, guys that can announce and, and that they're going to leave. And obviously – there's the belief that uh, Dwayne Haskins is gone, and there's a few other guys that are still potentially there. But what uh, when you look way into your crystal ball at the 2019 Ohio State offense and defense, what's your outlook for the Buckeyes next year? Way too early, man. I th- uh, like I said, I think they're going to look pretty darn good. Um, I'm really curious to see how the um, how the quarterback uh, situation plays out. I mean, I, I really think that um, Josh Fields will wind up with the uh, Buckeyes, and I really think that he would do really good. I think he's going to beat out uh, Tate Martell if he does come, as confident as Tate is, um, who, by the way, I think uh, – is misdirecting some of his anger towards the Buckeye fans. I mean, like Buckeye fans think he can't throw the ball because his coaches didn't trust him to throw the ball. I mean, like it's, we didn't just magically make it up, you know, like yeah, we saw the coaching staff refuse to let him throw the ball anytime that he was on the field in any type of key um, situation. I'm not talking about third quarter up 35 to nothing when he completed 10 straight passes. I'm talking about when he is in inside the five yard line and they bring him in there when like they were struggling in the 20 and everyone knows he is running the ball and they still refuse to let him throw the ball in those crucial situations. So, I mean, I get it. I love his confidence. Um, You've played sports with me. I can never, you know, give him a hard time for, you know, talking crap and being um, confident but I feel like some of it may be misdirected towards Ohio State fan base for, for uh, some reason. So, um, 
So quarterback, I'm waiting to see how that plays out. Running backs gonna be fun with JK coming back for another year. Hopefully, I don't know what was up with JK this year. I, I just hope he kind of gets back to the JK we, we saw last year. He seemed very tentative mm-hmm. this year, which is not something we saw from him in years past. So I don't know if he was struggling with an injury or you know what the deal was with him, um, but. I'm kind of curious to see how it all plays out. Um, at wide receiver, like I talked about, I think the wide receiver group is going to be pretty darn good next year. I mean, I fully expect o- um, Olive and uh, Mac to start. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson's going to get a lot of playing time, and I think he is going to be a badass for the Buckeyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we'll see a smaller wide receiver rotation this next year i mean i think we're going to see four main guys in there victor and mac on the one side and Alive and wilson on the um, other side um h back i've i know we've all been waiting for it we want to see uh mccall uh get his chance and next year is probably going to be that shot i mean it's going to be fun to see what he can do and if he can keep up the flashes that he's shown at portions over the, what the last three years for a full season. Um, I think he's going to have a Curtis Samuel type of season. Um, I think he's the first true H back since Samuel that they'll be able to run and throw the ball to where, you know, Curtis Samuel was, you know, inching closer and closer to that thousand yard rushing and um, receiving type of year. Um, so It'll be interesting with the playmakers there. Offensive line, I think, is going to be very solid, especially if Michael Jordan comes back, which I personally think he is, moving back to that guard spot. Um, the big interesting thing there will be how does the center um, position shake out. I know they kind of said Josh Myers would get first shot at it if Michael Jordan comes back. Um, but you've got Josh Myers, who was a highly recruited um, kid out of um, high school, but I think he was like a tackle. He's since moved to center. Behind him, uh, you got two other five-star guys, including um, Henry Miller or uh, Harry Miller, who's coming in this year. Uh, you know, like incredibly high-rated five-star. Um, so it's going to be interesting how the center position shakes out, and then it'll also be interesting to see who takes Isaiah Prince's job. Um, does Petit Freer step in there? You know, the guy that was what was he like the number six or seven um, overall kid out of high school last year? Or does Brandon Bowen move out there? Or does um, Alibi move out there? So uh, I personally think that uh, uh, Pettit is going to jump in there. Um, and I think Josh Myers will take that center spot. And that's really the only open jobs with Wyatt Davis kind of securing the other guard spot. And uh, Thayer uh, Munford looking good this year. He's just going to be even better next year. Yeah. So um, offensively, like I said, I think early on they will – take some time to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, but it's going to be fun I, spring game, especially if Dwayne Haskins doesn't come back, seeing uh, Tate Martell and Josh Fields just go at it with yeah. uh, Matthew uh, Baldwin sprinkled in there too. I, I, I think as competitive as both of those two are, uh, they're going to be trying to put on a show and we're going to see a pretty spectacular quarterback show come spring ball. Um, especially if Josh Fields comes, which I kind of think is going to happen. And then defensively, we've already talked about, I mean, they're returning almost every starter. Um, I think they're going to upgrade at corner with Sheffield and Arnett, hopefully leaving um, with um, Okuda 
and Sean Wade on the outside. Jordan Fuller possibly with uh, White next to him. Uh, the defensive line is going to be amazing. Uh, guys like uh, Tyreek Smith, who I thought played great this year um, as a freshman. Him with Jonathan Cooper and then Chase Young and uh, um, Harrison at the defensive ends. I mean, it's so, crazy. Question for you, and we might have to get our buddy Ben Vanoy to chime in at this because I can't remember, but when Okuda came, wasn't there another cornerback that was like the number three corner that committed at the same time? Well, they had the number one and two, and Okuda was one, and Sean Wade was number two. So I, they oh, were okay. – yeah, For some so reason, I was thinking there was someone two. else I had in my mind. Well, but then they also had um, – they had that year, I think it was four corners. Three of them, I think, were top ten. And then Amir Reap was like number 14 or something like that. Okay. So, um, the other one was uh, – man, who was it? Was it – no, Reap, I think, was one of the top ten ones. And then Marcus uh, Williamson, I think, was the fourth one that was kind of in that 10 to 20 range okay. but yeah it was definitely Amokuda and Sean Wade that was okay. one too okay that makes sense now my question for you here on all of this because I, I mean you and I have talked about this we've talked about it on Twitter and I, I know we're in agreement here I'm all for Josh Fields coming because if Tate is truly better than Fields is Tate's going to start and I'm all about it because put the best of the best out there and that gives you the best chance to win, right? That's the whole point of the game. If Fields does come, how confident are you that he will be eligible to play this year? It seems like they're kind of being lenient with those nowadays. And, I mean, like Antonio uh, Williams left the Buckeyes and he had no real reason that came out why he went to uh, North Carolina and he was allowed to play. I mean, it, it, it seems like – the NCAA has kind of been pressured in to not being dicks and, you know, like letting these kids kind of do what, what is best for them. So I think there's a good possibility. I mean, I can't, I can't sit here and think of anyone the past couple of years that's had their waiver turned down. I mean, can you, I mean, it, it just seems yeah. like they're allowing almost everyone to get it and him with the I think it was like the basketball game where you know the people were saying racial terms mm -hmm. towards him I, I think that's going to be a pretty compelling reason for him and uh I think he would be able to play but who yeah, knows I, I mean I, I've just you know you, you've heard a lot of people talking about him coming and everybody's talking about the waivers and it's like well that'd be great if he comes but he's not going to come if he has to sit and then, you know, like this is all for not, you know what I yeah. mean? So I'm yeah, just I mean, curious to your, your take on that. And I am with you. I mean, I tweeted something about it um, earlier today. Like I'm all for Josh Fields coming one, because I think he is an amazing quarterback and with Ohio state's offense, that guy's winning a um, Heisman, but two, like I wish literally every five-star quarterback would transfer to the Buckeyes. Like I want as many five-star quarterbacks in that room as possible because I want a good quarterback every season. Like, yep. I mean, it's just, you, you see so many really good teams that don't have a good quarterback and that is what is um, holding them back. And I never want Ohio state to be in that spot. So I want Josh Fields to come in. I personally think he's, he's going to do good, but I'm also confident with uh, Tate and, 
I think Josh Fields and Tate working together and challenging um, each other is just going to lead to both of them being damn good. And yep. uh, I want Josh Fields to come in, but I don't care who starts. I want the best quarterback to start. Yeah, I, I, I'm not picking one over the other. I just I, – I, I know if you have three, four, or five – you know, three or four guys in the room and three or four of them are four or five stars – Whoever does earn the starting nod is going to be a damn good quarterback. There, there's just no doubt about it. So I'm all for it. Let me pick the best of the best at every position. I am 100% on board with that, 100%. Yeah. So, all right, man. Um, next thing I got for you here, just a quick question is, is there anything else that you want to uh, talk about here? Because if not, I've got a another change for our son of a Schmidt segment that we want to kind of go into here. But uh, I want to give you the floor. If you got anything else you want to talk about, I got nothing. Bring it. Let's wrap it up and do the sons of Schmidt. All right. So our son of a Schmidt this week is actually going to be, uh, it's more of an announcement more than it is anything else. So um, Brandon, I, I know we've got some changes coming to the show here and, um, a couple things that we're going to talk about for, for everyone out there. The Sons of Schmidt, first of all, is not, is not going away. So I want to make sure that that puts everybody's mind at ease. We will continue to do the show. Um, but we do have some changes coming up. Obviously, we're going to be changing around a little bit as the season winds down. And it's now officially ended. We are going to start kicking it into off-season mode, as we've done the last couple of years. We work our way towards up towards the spring game, and then we kind of take the summer off. I'm sure there will be some off time coming, but uh, we will be taking at least a couple, at least a week off. I know we're not going to record next week. Probably a couple weeks that will be off. Uh, we still got some people lined up that we're going to try to get on here before everything gets going. Come back again around National Signing Day for sure, uh, leading into the spring game, that kind of thing. But, Brandon, is there anything that uh, you want to throw in on that? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, I, uh, I let um, everyone know today, like, I'm going to be taking a lot lesser role with the um, Ozone moving forward. Uh, it's just – a lot of things going on uh, with me and my family. We got a big move coming up. Um, big move like to um, Hawaii. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that move. I mean, it's going to involve a lot of like living in a hotel for a little bit, you know, shipping cars, um, got some other personal things going on. So it's going to start getting rough for me. So um, yeah, we definitely need to take this break here and then I'm going to, try to help out where I can. And uh, especially when we move, how that time zone, <laughs> the uh, time change is going yeah. to be interesting to see how we push forward with that. Uh, we're going to do our best to do it. And, uh, you know, and may have a lot more people filling in and stuff. Cause I can't expect Mike to, you know, stay up till 11 or 12 when I <laughs> get home to do a podcast. So, um, you know, it's, it's been fun and yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to point this out here. I wanted to get you on tape, but like I said, we're not, 
the, the show's not closing up. We're not canceling the show. Um, along with Brandon and, and, you know, the things like he's talked about, I know there's a lot of stuff going crazy for us here in, in Texas also. Um, I know, like I was just telling my wife this morning or this afternoon, uh, we're probably going to be putting in like 60 hour weeks at work for the next two months. So I know I'm pretty tied up with that. So we're going to record and, and get things out here. We got a couple things that we want to do. Uh, we've had some questions for some guys, and I, I know at one point we're going to record a show and actually go back over all of the um, uh, the commercials that we've done this year because we, we want to kind of go through some of the explanations and what they mean because uh, some of them were pretty good and they were even better once you understood some of the references if you didn't get them, so we just want to do that. But uh, we're, we're going to continue to talk Ohio State football. Um, like I've mentioned before, there will be some basketball talk on there. So uh, we're going to take our, our winter break, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. So um, just putting that out there for everybody and get that out on tape. So. And the other thing I'm going to throw out here too, like Mike puts a lot of work um, into this and like we see the uh, numbers, like we know there are a lot of people that listen to this uh, podcast, um, you know, like reach out to Mike, let him know that you um, appreciate what he does, what the Sons of Schmidt does and that you like the show. Uh, it, it's, it does get kind of hard to push forward knowing that we have so many people that listen to the show, but like literally nobody really um, interacts and gives us feedback and does things. So it's just hard. Like Mike puts a lot of work. I'm into this. He's put a lot of work into the, um, Twitter accounts for, um, ozone radio and all that stuff and Facebook and, you know, like let him know that he's a badass. Oh, now does that mean that, you know, with that sweet, warm send off there, are you going to concede that North shore could beat Hawaii yet? Nope. <laughs> I don't think anyone agrees with you. <laughs> I'm going to find that one person that does agree with me and, and have them talk or something. So yeah, it's going to be Lauren. Nah, she doesn't give a shit. I know <laughs> that right now. Um, but all right, man. So I just wanted to get that out there. I really don't have much else. I mean, it's, it's been a hell of a run. I, I know we don't really, uh, say this enough but i know you and i have both expressed these uh uh thoughts over the last 24 hours but you know on behalf of both of us you know thank you to the listeners thank you to the 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 team and and to urban meyer and to everybody because this has been another hell of a year to be a buckeye fan so uh with that being said we're going to cut this one short and get on out of here so we can get it edited and posted up um Last chance, Brandon. Anything you want to put on record? OH. IO. Buckeye Nation, make sure you're getting the latest news and episodes from the Sons of Schmidt podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sons of Schmidt. You can follow us on Twitter at Sons of Schmidt or email the show, Sons of Schmidt at gmail.com. And look for us on Hayes and Cannon at theozone.net.